You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Benjamin Shapiro. He's a brand development and marketing strategy consultant. He left a successful career in business development at eBay to become an entrepreneur that has run a bootstrapped startup, multiple marketing teams at early stage VC-backed companies, and an independent consultant and content business. Benjamin specializes in helping growth stage companies understand how to identify the overlap between corporate identity and customer needs to build an effective strategy. He's also the host of a top-rated podcast called The MarTech Podcast. So, welcome to the show, Benjamin. Dennis, an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. I mean, we were having a nice chat before I hit record. You're in San Francisco. I'm in Buffalo. I mean, you know, there's definitely some comparables there weather-wise, at least maybe this time of year. A few months from now, I'll be freezing and you'll still still have sun and, and be able to move without, you know, feeling like you have icicles falling off you. Let's just say your ski season starts a little earlier than mine. (laughs) Good point. So today, guys, what we're going to talk about is really very central to what Benjamin does. And it is why understanding your brand is the best growth strategy. Okay. So why understanding your brand is the best growth strategy. So we're going to, we're going to talk about a process and a system and a little bit of a framework that Benjamin uses with his clients, and I'm sure he used it internally when he started his own business. And so we're going to dive into that. But before we do that, give us a quick backstory. Tell us a little bit about kind of how you got here because you just faded out of corporate America a few years ago. We'd love to hear that part and then we'll dig right in. Yeah, I think that the milestones for me is I spent what I'd call two lifetimes at eBay working in business development, a 13,000 person company. I was working my way up the corporate ladder but I'm in the suburbs of San Francisco in Silicon Valley. And all the cool kids were going from these big tech companies, eBay, Google, Yahoo at the time. And they wanted to either start their own companies or work for the sexy startups that were, you know, going to be the next Facebook. And so I kind of followed that trend like, you know, most of my friends did. And I jumped off the cliff, left my comfortable job at eBay, working as a manager in business development and content development to start my own startup. It was a guitar lesson startup called strumschool.com. And I learned all of the hard lessons about entrepreneurship by doing everything completely the wrong way at first. And eventually I realized that instead of running a startup, I was probably better suited to be a marketer with more resources at an early stage startup. So I ran the marketing departments for a handful of startups over a five or six year period. And you know, life changes somewhere along the way. I got married and, and had a child and decided that the long hours of an early stage startup for the hope of the equity being valuable down the road just wasn't the right mix for me personally. And I decided to take a little break and 
figure out what my next job was going to be. And to you know pay the bills, I started working on some short-term projects and started doing some consulting. And I'm still waiting to figure out what my next job is going to be. It's been uh, kind of close to three or four years now. I think I hit my three-year anniversary of uh, being an independent marketing consultant. And uh, somewhere along the line, I launched a podcast to uh, help raise the profile of the consulting business. And that unexpectedly took off and is really the center of what I'm focused on today is uh, you know building out a, a podcast network and promoting the MarTech podcast. So it's been a, a long and interesting journey. Yeah, very cool. Well, here's a question that just came to mind here as you were telling me a little bit about that journey. You know, you went from corporate, you tried a entrepreneurial gig, you went back into corporate working for startups, maybe with some equity incentive, and now you've migrated out again a few years ago. What's the one thing, if there is the one thing, hopefully there's the one thing that you wish you knew before you ventured out on your own into into your own startup? Oh man, that's a tough one. You know, the the truth is, I don't think I could pin down one thing. I think that well, I would. What's spend, the first thing that comes to mind? Well, I think I would spend more time trying to validate some of my assumptions, and, and that feeds into what my marketing strategy is and my philosophy towards marketing. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I assumed when I was doing my first professional entrepreneurial venture that there was a need for an online guitar lesson service. And, you know, it was a logical thing. Video was becoming more prevalent online. And there were the start of video chats like Zoom and, and Google Hangouts were happening. And I assumed that that would be verticalized and that there would be a business model around connecting guitar students and teachers. And I didn't spend enough time figuring out whether that was actually true. I just started building it. And so I would have spent more time doing my homework and doing my research before I made investments. I was just so excited about this idea that I needed to go build it. And I felt like if I build it, then people will, will love it if I build it well. And it's the opposite. You have to figure out if people want it before you actually go and spend your money and, and build something. So I wish I had known that lesson, but you know, learning it the hard way is the best way to learn the lesson. Yeah. When it costs you real money and time and aggravation and frustration and time away from your family trying to learn that lesson, it sinks in a lot deeper than when you read it out of the book or hear it from somebody else, right? So hopefully today somebody takes that with them because I think that's a I think that's a valuable lesson. And probably one of the things, one of the probably the biggest mistake, to be honest with you, that I think founders make during startup days. I mean, I think that I think they fall in love with their idea and they think everybody's going to love it. And they go out and spend a lot of time and energy trying to build it or launch it. And then they hear crickets and I and and they don't have enough runway or cash or intestinal fortitude or whatever to, you know, to pivot and pivot and pivot and they end up, you know, failing and having to go a different direction. Yeah, I think that there's a couple different methodologies, the lean startup methodology, agile is another one. You know, in general, these are all ways where you can learn quickly and and fail quickly and it helps you be a little bit more conservative with your asset allocation, right? With with what money you're actually spending. And so, you know, whichever one of those philosophies you subscribe to, I think they're all kind of getting at the same thing, which is try to figure out if something is going to work before you do it, before you invest in it. Yep. Perfect. All right. So one thing, you know, you 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 broke off into this consult this marketing consulting business, and it seems like business is going pretty well. But here so here's a question. You know, how are you getting your customers now? Because everybody has a different strategy, right? A lot of people use referrals. A lot of people use on, you know, paid ads on wherever, LinkedIn, Google, or Facebook. 
Some people like to use, like me, like to use organic LinkedIn in order to do it. What's the number one strategy that you use to get clients for your business? Can I tell you a little secret? I'm not, I'm not trying anything right now. When I started my consulting business, everything that I was doing was about leveraging my professional network. The people that I already had a relationship with, everybody that I knew and had already worked with saying, hey, I'm doing marketing consulting. Do you need help as a marketer? Here are some of the things that I've done well and some of my recent history that you might not be aware of. And I spent years going back through my professional network and making sure that I was cultivating the relationships I had already established. And that kept me busy, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars of revenue per year, my first couple of years out of the gate, because I was leveraging the assets I already had, the network that I had already developed. I, at some point, felt like I needed to expand beyond my professional network. And so that's where the idea of me starting the MarTech podcast came from, is I wanted to do more lead generation because it takes weeks and months, if not years, to cultivate relationships where someone's going to give you tens of thousands of dollars to help them with their marketing. And so I wanted to build more of my pipeline. And what ended up happening was I launched the MarTech podcast and the audience grew much faster than I ever expected. So originally, it was going to be a lead generation content asset. People were going to listen to me and I would upsell them to you know, start doing some consulting work or build a product for them. But the audience grew so fast that I decided not to try to monetize it as an asset for as a lead generation service for my consulting program, but decided to try to monetize it as a content asset, try to find sponsors and just make the content what people were consuming and make money from you know giving people access to that audience I was developing. And that's honestly totally exceeded all of my expectations. But to go back to your original question, how would I find leads for my consulting business, I would talk to the people that I already know first before I worry about creating content and and doing marketing. Start with the people you already know. They're going to be your lowest hanging fruit, most credibility and best relationships. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're 100% right. You spent your entire life building that network. It would be absolutely foolish and pretty much negligent of you to not tap into that in the early stages of your business. So, and, And I'm sure a lot of those relationships working in corporate America you know, with different vendors and different customers and different executives on your team who had now migrated to a different company or a different startup or went out on their own. I'm sure that that obviously a parlayed into a couple hundred thousand dollars a year worth of revenue for you, which obviously gave you a good start to that business. So if you think of it in, in LinkedIn terms, right? What, what I'm saying is you reach out to your first connections and you tell them what you're doing and see if A, they need help, but B, if they don't, do they know somebody else that does? And so now you're getting references to your second level connections. The opposite way is if you're going and doing performance marketing to try to do lead generation for a consulting business, you're just talking to third, you know, third level connections and trying to make them second and first. And so to me, that feels like a backwards way to try to build a relationship that's a consulting relationship, right? You're an advisor to a brand. They are the, you know, end stakeholders. And so I like to start with the first level connections instead of trying to cultivate the third into first. Perfect. All right. Well, listen, let's dig in because I I really want the audience to understand this process that you described to me before we hit record. So now we're going to talk about why understanding your brand is the best growth strategy. And you had a little bit of a framework that I think would be valuable. So take it away. Yeah. So I think the most important thing as a marketer, right? Everybody thinks of marketing as getting customers in the door. And I think of marketing from a broader perspective, which is understanding the overlap between 
who you are as a company, as an organization, and who the, the, you know, the collection of people that are interested in you, who are your leads or your prospects. And when you understand that overlap, it unearths all of the other answers to the marketing questions that people focus on. So there's a couple of different things that I do. The first is you have to figure out who you are as a company. And you know the process for me as a consultant, I'm being hired to come into an organization that's already established, but they're having some sort of problem either figuring out, getting traction with their marketing or getting to the next level of scale. And so the first thing that I do is I interview all of the internal stakeholders and I ask them some very basic questions, high level questions. What does your company do? Who are your customers? Why are you different? What are you trying to accomplish? Why do the customers need your products or service? These are foundational parts of you know, what your company should be doing. And what ends up happening with all of these processes is that what ends up happening in this process is that you get 10 different answers from 10 different people in terms of like, who is your customer? It's one person might say, we work with e-commerce companies. Another person will say, we work with companies that have big websites. Another person will say, we work with anybody that's looking to do SEO optimization. Right. And, and there is a middle ground for all of those, which is you are looking to reach digital marketers. And so by hearing everybody's different answers, you can come up with that sort of center, the actual truth that everybody is trying to describe. And you can give all these internal stakeholders common ground, right? And a, a sort of standard footing, which where they can all speak a common language. And that's incredibly important, not only for helping the organization build their identity, which means that everybody can communicate that identity clearly and efficiency, whether it's efficiently, whether it's through their product strategy, marketing strategy, you know, executive, you know, business development strategy, right? If you're all have the same understanding of who you are and what you're trying to do, that means that everybody's going to try to accomplish something to try, try to accomplish something that's going to get that mission accomplished. Yeah, I think it's really it's a really good point because if you went to say you're working inside of an organization now and listening to this or you're an entrepreneur no matter what stage of business you're in, you might be surprised if you went and talked to 10 or 15 people at your company, the different answers you would actually get when you said who is your customer, what is the problem that we're solving for them, what's our value proposition. I mean, you'd get a lot of different answers even in non-startup companies, right? I think you'd get a lot of different answers and I think that exercise provides a lot of clarity, particularly to the leadership internally, so that, so that every department, whether it be in finance or customer service or marketing or sales or whatever, they all have that same sort of clarity, right? They're all rolling in the same direction, at least to start, right? And you always yeah. have to reaffirm that down the road. But I think that clarity could be a really powerful piece. So I love that step one. For sure. It's, it's, it's almost marketing therapy for businesses that are rolling because it, it allows them to sort of reset and align. And that's really important from an interpersonal perspective. If everybody has the same vision, we're all going to be walking in the same direction. And over time, if it's not sort of, if that foundation isn't set from the beginning, you know, people might all start off at the same point and they all eventually go different directions and you need to get them sort of at the same place at the same time, pointing in the same direction again. But that's only half of the foundation of marketing, right? Understanding who you are and what you're trying to accomplish is important. The other half is matching that against who the customers and prospects, you know, that the people that you're trying to get that are outside of your organization to buy into what that vision is, understanding them and figuring out where the overlap between what you're trying to accomplish and who they are and what their needs are 
is really to me what marketing is. And so the second piece of a brand development strategy is to go out and find prospects, existing customers, leads, depending on how developed your business is. The best way to do it is if you already have customers, go and talk to them. If not, talk to the people that you've engaged with. If you can't find them, go and talk to the people that you think are going to be your leads or your customers. It depends how mature your business is. But you know, let's say you're going to go talk to your customers because you are working on an established business. You need to go talk to them and ask them, hey, what is the problem that you're trying to solve when you're looking for a company like ours? Who are the other brands that you're trying to consider? Why are you considering one brand and what's the differentiation between you know, us and them? Where are you looking for information to try to solve the underlying problem that you're trying to solve? And so when you put yourself in the customer's mindset, it helps you not only say, okay, we are at you know, this coordinate. You know, think about it on a map. We are in San Francisco, California, great. We understand where our business, our brand is. We're trying to get to Buffalo, New York. We need to head northeast, right? You have to understand where you are and where you're trying to go. And you're trying to find where your customers are. You're trying to reach them there. And so by understanding what their mindset is, what they're looking for, problems they're trying to solve, how they view the greater industry, what is the selection process look like and where they're looking for information, well, that gives you that point on the map that you need to direct yourself to. And you know, when you have the understanding of where you are and where you're trying to go, the path is a lot easier than, I think I'm on the map and I think I need to go a direction, but I don't know where it is. And so to me, doing that initial research, you're going to ask the leads, prospects, or customers, whoever you get a hold of and have access to, you know, what are they looking for? What's the problem? where are they looking for it? And that helps you set the actual actionable part. What everybody thinks of marketing is which channel, how do I operate the channel? What do I pay? Those are all you know, growth strategies, lead generation strategies. It is not necessarily marketing. Marketing is the overlap between your brand and your customers. And you know, it helps lead you into your growth strategy, your lead generation strategy. And you have to go understand that stuff first. Yeah, I think... You know, that's a really interesting piece when you talk about going out and having those conversations with stakeholders outside of your organization. I mean, that could be, you know, that could be if you're trying to raise money talking to investors. That could be if you're trying to hire a certain type of employee and, and same sort of thing, whether it be customers or employees or investors or, or, you know, resellers or channel partners. I mean, you could use the same exact exercise for all of those different stakeholders, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think the important thing to think about this is this is the foundation, right? Understand the overlap between who your company is and the people that you're trying to reach. And when you get that really well, that's what leads to a strong brand, right? If you understand who you are, you can articulate that well. It leads you into successful growth and performance marketing lead generation strategies because you're talking to your customers about where they want to see your marketing, right? Where they want to see your advertising, I should say. And so by spending the, let's call it four to eight weeks, depending on how in-depth you want to go, really doing your homework and really doing your research. And you could do this after your company has launched, but spending that week having your kumbaya moment with your internal team and making sure you understand where you all are on the map talking to your customers and making sure people know which direction you're going, it helps clarify the path and it makes you more successful in articulating your brand, 
acquiring your customers, understanding your channel selection, and the rest of it is all sort of operational excellence and you know learning how the platforms work and figuring out sort of the marketplaces for bidding on your ads. But you know that's really the the foundation of marketing before you get into the next operational piece. Yeah, that's the reason why I wanted to have you on here and and talk about this specific topic. It's why understanding your brand. It's not why necessarily developing or growing your brand because understanding it is that first step, right? And that's the intersection between, you know, the data that you collect internally and the data you collect externally and then bringing them together in a way that, you know, that it works for both both groups, right? So I think that that point of that two-step process is just really simple or simplistic and just, I think, could be immensely valuable. Yeah, I think there's really a third step to the process, which is you got to understand your company, you have to understand the customers, and then you actually have to put a plan in place. And, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road. And that's where people think marketing starts. And, you know, once you have an understanding of the direction you're trying to go, then, you know, I'll use the map metaphor, you got to map out which roads you're going to go down. And, you know, that is, we're going to focus on building a brand, we're going to build a content strategy, we're going to do a performance marketing strategy. If it's performance marketing, here are the channels we're going to use. Like there is the, you know, I don't want to be all soft and fluffy and say, hey, it's just about, you know, getting together and talking about who we are. And all of a sudden, you're going to be an effective marketer. That's not enough. You do need to understand the market dynamics and the channel dynamics and put into place, you know, a way that you're going to cultivate all of these channels. And the last thing I'll say, when you get to that third piece and you're actually putting together your marketing strategy, you need to think about the time and the resources that go into cultivating a marketing channel. You should not expect to just launch a marketing strategy when you understand who you are and who your customers are and get an immediate you know, optimized return. You have to test a channel, figure out if, before you worry about CPA, figure out if there is an A, if you can acquire customers. Then you test your way into optimizing that channel. And a lot of times that takes weeks, months, if not even years, depending on the channel, to really hone that stuff in. I, you know, people kind of lean towards Facebook as a typical great marketing channel and love Facebook. It's great. But I think of Facebook as a $10,000 a month, three-month channel to optimize. And you need to have somebody who is an operator that understands what's happening in Facebook today to be able to really master it. A lot of people think, I'm going to run a Facebook ad and it's going to work day one. And it might, but consistently in optimizing that channel, 30 grand in three months. You know, you have to work your way into those channels to get them humming. Yeah. Yeah. That's not so. And, and not only that, but the technology behind Facebook ads is changing so rapidly. It, everything changes so rapidly in the, in the MarTech. Let's talk, you know, your podcast in the MarTech sector. So I think trying to be an expert in all of those, I mean, maybe, are you talking about maybe outsourcing that in a way to someone who really understands that and can give you that meaningful feedback in that three months that's going to help you, you know, help you have a long-term plan to whether that channel makes sense or not? Totally depends on the channel and the level of expertise that you have in your company. If you have a company full of, you know, young, hungry marketers and you have a lot of capital, have them figure out Facebook on the fly, you know, and you have some time and some runway, have them figure out Facebook on the fly and do their homework and build that expertise in-house. You have capital and you need to get it up and running now, go hire an agency. You don't have capital and you have you know, time and expertise, build a content strategy and be patient. You know, it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish, what your resources are, what your timeline looks like, whether you're going to 
outsource and bring in an agency as a consultant? Those are people that are channel experts or if you have the ability to cultivate that in-house, that experience in-house. Perfect. Listen, anything else you want to add before we move on to the last couple of questions? No, I mean, I think that, you know, that's the overlying and I think that's the, the biggest problem that brands that I work with as a consultant face is that they come in and say, hey, we've been getting these customers and we've been working on these channels and, you know, here's what we're doing. We've done Facebook and Google and we don't know what else to do. How do you come in and optimize these, you know, channels, whether it's our creative or, you know, our bidding strategy? And it's like, well, they don't know what they're trying to accomplish first. They don't know who they're going after or they're in a crowded space and they don't know what they should be saying to differentiate them. And so it's always, let's take a step back. And before we figure out whether this is the right channel, you got to figure out what you're trying to accomplish and who you're going after. And that's where this foundational piece comes in. And a lot of the times the people that are looking for consultants like me to do this type of work, it's we started growing and now we either need to take the next step. So we want to figure out a real growth strategy. We want to invest in building the brand or B, hey, we, we stopped growing and we don't know why. And it's like, okay, let's look under the hood and, and see what's going on here first. And you know, figuring out that identity and overlap between you and your customers helps you figure out that growth strategy, which helps you know, clear the path to help you consistently grow over a long period of time. Great. All right, well, listen, two questions rapid fire, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Next question is, what's your favorite growth tool or software, something that you use in your business to help you grow your business? Yeah, I'm biased. I've, I've been like all podcasts all the time for a little over a year now. So I use the NIT platform, K-N-I-T, which is a dynamic advertising platform. A lot of people think of podcast advertising as host-read ads, right? There's the host of the show coming in and telling you about a brand and they are a platform that allows you to record your own ad and dynamically insert it into really premium content. So like I advertise the MarTech podcast on CNN shows, Anderson Cooper, Jake Tapper, like all the business shows that are on CNN. And I can go in and put $1,000 a day or you know $1,000 a week, put in my bids and basically spend podcast advertising budgets like I would in a performance marketing on a channel like Facebook. And so if you don't have a big budget, you know, set your bids really low. You can do audio advertising. It's, it's an incredible platform. It's helped me grow the MarTech podcast. That's my like, that's my secret. Nice. Perfect. All right. Well, listen, last question, and then we'll wrap it up for today. What's one book maybe you've read throughout your journey here as an entrepreneur that maybe helped you along the way and that you might want to recommend to the audience? Yeah. You know, I, I really like Built to Sell, John Warlow, and he's got a great podcast as well. It talks about productizing a business so it is attractive to a potential acquirer and how do you build processes and systems to replicate what you're doing so you're not doing custom work. And look, I work in a service business, which is something that's very hard to commoditize. But when I am working as a consultant, you know, I am telling people I have a brand development project, I have a brand development product, and I have a marketing strategy product. And those are all services, but it is this process that I've walked people through. And then once we have the foundation, there's a process for validating marketing channels and making sure that they work. So if you're interested in thinking about how to productize what you're doing as opposed to doing custom work, I learned a lot from that book and it it helped me build a bunch of systems that I use for the MarTech podcast as well. Perfect. Well, listen, I'll make sure I include those in the show notes. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about what you got going on over there, and then we'll wrap it up for today. 
you know, there's a couple different ways that people can reach me. If you're interested in learning about my consulting practice, you can go to benjshap.com. Truthfully, I'm spending most of my time, if not all of my time, working on the MarTech podcast. It is a daily show, 15 to 25 minutes, talking about various marketing and technology strategies. MarTechPod.com, or you could just search for MarTech Podcast in whatever app store you listen to. Uh, we're the, uh, the number one show for the MarTech community. So if you're interested in how to use tech to market your brand or business, we'd love to, uh, to share our stories with you. MarTechPod.com. Perfect. I'll make sure again, I put those links in the show notes. And uh, hey, I really appreciate you being here, Benjamin. I'm sure we'll, I hope we get a chance to talk again soon. Dennis, would love to. Thanks. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.